Good morning, Sonship, and welcome to A Course in Miracles daily reading conference call, where we read from the original edition of ACIM, which is published by Course in Miracles Society. Today, we are in the Manual for Teachers. We're reading Section 6, Is Healing Certain? And Section 7, Should Healing Be Repeated? And you can access um, an original edition um, by going to jcim.net, and you will see on the menu bar a link that says original, excuse me, online edition. We gather Monday through Friday from 9.15 to 10.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, where we read each paragraph twice. We also invite our workbook lesson into our study today. It is lesson number 343, I Am Not Asked to Make a Sacrifice to Find the Mercy and Peace of God. Finally, we ask that you mute your phone at all times, unless you are speaking by using your own mute function. So at this holy instant, I'm going to turn the call over to Sharon for our morning prayer. Sharon? Thanks. I just slipped out for a second to grab a drink of water, and I'm heading back over. Dear Brother Jesus, thank you once again for the assurance that we will always be, and in fact are timelessly, healed. I know you are not just speaking about physical healing, for healing is of the mind which affects the body. You tell us that if we are sick, it is because we believe we benefit in some way. I gather that what is apparently severe physical sickness may be a form of suicide, are released from an even greater suffering, brought about perhaps by some deep depression. If one wants to die, the depression can become exacerbated if a sudden miraculous healing occurs. And yet, you tell us that if we truly desire relief from suffering, we are immediately granted healing. What an amazing idea. Immediately granted healing. This, to the ego, is the stuff of fairy tales. However, fantasies always have a catch. The magical one will grant health or happiness if a seemingly impossible series of tasks is accomplished, or the sacrifice of something dear, such as a firstborn child. The healing of the Holy Spirit wants no hurdles or bargains from us. He is born of true love. And unlike fairy tales, and their accounts of riches. Not only are the gifts of God freely given, they are never lost to the giver. They seem to follow a rule similar to synergy. They grow stronger once two, the giver and the receiver, are joined. And we are all joined in our minds. Sometimes I wonder if my gifts of love are ever given in vain. You tell me, quote, it is not up to him to judge when his gift should be accepted. Let him be certain it has been received 
and trust that it will be accepted when it is recognized as a blessing and not a curse. Unquote. Now I know why sometimes when I offer love to another, I don't feel the other receive it, and I do not feel blessed myself. This is because I base the gift value on whether it's appreciated or even noticed. I put a string on it if I believe its value diminishes or increases depending on the response of the recipient. I limit love if I do not believe it can heal. I limit myself if I believe what comes from me is not of as much value as from someone I believe to be of higher status. I need to be solid in myself and in what I give in order to be a blessing. You say, quote, it is trust that makes true giving possible. Healing is a change of mind that the Holy Spirit in the patient's mind is seeking for him. And it is the Holy Spirit in the mind of the giver who gives the gift to him. How can it be lost? How can it be ineffectual? How can it be wasted? Unquote. So, dear Brother Jesus, help me to not judge myself or my gifts to my brothers and sisters today. Help me see that they are from you and I am born of you. If my offering is a cry for love, you're healing that by helping me love and know myself. I ask you to purify my messages today and to know myself as love. These are my happiest moments and the ones in which I am most open to your grace to move through me. Thank you for these moments. Ah, they're pure joy. May they increase. I am willing. I am able, regardless of what egoic thoughts run through my brain. I am your extension. Use my hands, my voice, my brain, my heart today. Use them for the benefit of all. Use them for your healing. That's what I want for Christmas. To know myself as love and to be a vessel for your amazing light is what would bring me more joy than I can imagine. Thank you for that, for the process for the healing. I am very excited to be on on this mission with you. Amen. Thank you, Sharon. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Sharon.
Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Sharon. <laughs> wow. Thank you, Sharon. All right. Um, let's see. Who has joined the call that would love to get on the reading list to say good morning? Me. Hi, Hi everybody. On the reading list. Terrific. Stephen, I'm here. I can read. Great. Stephen, who else? This is Carl. I'm here, but I'm going to have to listen today. Okay. Glad you're here. Anyone Mary's else? here. Hi, Mary. You're going to read? Mary. Uh huh. Yes. Great. Anyone else? <laughs> Reverend Regent Joy is here. Hi, oh, Reverend hi. And hi, Anna, too. <laughs> I think Anna. I heard Anna. Good morning. Anna, read? Um, I can't. I'm taking care of Joseph, but I'm listening. Love hi, Joseph. All. Hi, Anna. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Have I missed anybody? I feel like I have. Who am I missing? Rob, but I'm not going to read. Glad you're here. Anyone else? All right. On the listening side, we have Orsini, Carl, Anna, Rob. And reading, we're going to go Sharon, Bryce, Lee, Ida, Fran, Stephen, Mary, Reverend Rija. Here we go. Six. That's clearer. Is healing certain? Healing is always certain. It is impossible to let illusions be brought to truth and keep the illusions. Truth demonstrates illusions have no value. The teacher of God has seen the correction of his errors in the mind of the patient, recognizing it for what it is. Having accepted the atonement for himself, he has also accepted it for the patient. Yet what if the patient uses sickness as a way of life, believing healing is the way to death? When this is so, a sudden healing might precipitate intense depression and a sense of loss so deep that the patient might even try to destroy himself. Having nothing to live for, he may ask for death. Healing must wait for his protection. Sharon, one and two, please. Healing is always certain. It is impossible to let illusions be brought to truth and keep the illusions. Truth demonstrates illusions have no value. The teacher of God has seen the correction of his errors in the mind of the patient, recognizing it for what it is. Having accepted the atonement for himself, he has also accepted it for the patient. Yet, what if the patient uses sickness as a way of life, believing healing is the way to death? When this is so, a sudden healing might precipitate intense depression and a sense of loss so deep that the patient might even try to destroy himself. Having nothing to live for, he may ask for death. Healing must wait for his protection. Healing will always stand aside when it would be seen as threat. The instant it is welcome, it is there. Where healing has been given, it will be received. And what is time before the gifts of God? We have referred many times in the text to the storehouse of treasures laid up equally for the giver and the receiver of God's gifts. 
not one is lost, for they can but increase. No teacher of God should feel disappointed if he has offered healing and it does not appear to have been received. It is not up to him to judge when his gift should be accepted. Let him be certain it has been received and trust that it will be accepted when it is recognized as a blessing and not a curse. Thank you, Sharon. Bryce, two and three, please. Healing will always stand aside when it would be seen as threat. The instant it is welcome, it is there. Where healing has been given, it will be received. And what is time before the gifts of God? We have referred many times in the text to the storehouse of treasures laid up equally for the giver and the receiver of God's gifts. Not one is lost, for they can but increase. No teacher of God should feel disappointed if he has offered healing and it does not appear to have been received. It is not up to him to judge when his gift should be accepted. Let him be certain it has been received and trust that it will be accepted when it is recognized as a blessing and not a curse. It is not the function of God's teachers to evaluate the outcome of their gifts. It is merely their function to give them. Once they have done that, they have also given the outcome, for that is part of the gift. No one can give if he is concerned with the result of the giving. That is a limitation of the giving itself, and neither the giver nor the receiver would have the gift. Trust is an essential part of giving. In fact, it is the part that makes sharing possible, the part that guarantees the giver will not lose but only gain, who gives a gift and then remains with it to be sure it is used as the giver deems appropriate. Such is not giving but imprisoning. Thank you, Bryce. Lee, uh, three and four, please. It is not the function of God's teachers. You know, put me at the end of the reading list, please, Chris. Will do. Um, Ida, three and four, please. It is not the function of God's teachers to evaluate the outcome of their gifts. It is merely their function to give them. Once they have done that, they have also given the outcome, or that is part of the gift. No one can give if he is concerned with the result of the giving. That is a limitation on the giving itself, and neither the giver nor the receiver would have a gift. Trust is an essential part of giving. In fact, it is the part that makes sharing possible. The part that guarantees the giver will not lose, but only gain. Who gives a gift and then remains with it to be sure it is used as the giver deem, deems appropriate? Such as not giving, but imprisoning. Um, fourth, it is the relinquishing of all concern about the gift that makes it truly given. And it is trust that makes true giving possible. Healing is the change of mind that the Holy Spirit in the patient's mind is seeking for him. 
and it is the Holy Spirit in the mind of the giver who gives the gift to him. How can it be lost? How can it be ineffectual? How can it be wasted? God's treasure house can never be empty. And if one gift were missing, it would not be false. Yet is its fullness guaranteed by God? What concern, then, can a teacher of God have about what becomes of his gifts? Given by God to God, who in this holy exchange can receive less than everything? Thank you, Ida. And Fran, four, please. Four. It is the relinquishing of all concern about the gift that makes it truly given. And it is trust that makes true giving possible. Healing is the change of mind that the Holy Spirit in the patient's mind is seeking for him. And it is the Holy Spirit in the mind of the giver who gives the gift to him. How can it be lost? How can it be ineffectual? How can it be wasted? God's treasure house can never be empty. And if one gift were missing, it would not be full. Yet is its fullness guaranteed by God. What concern, then, can the teacher of God have about what becomes of his gift? Given by God to God, who, in this holy exchange, can receive less than everything. Thank you, Fran. And Reverend Regia, what do you say? How about a quick prayer to open the floor? Absolutely. Thank you, Chris. Okay, so we'll, we'll just close our eyes. And we draw within. We join with one another in opening to receiving what we already know. Today we, we wonder about healing. And perhaps we might have a little bit of doubt and mistrust. Yet we're learning that trust is so important and that trust and doubt can't exist together. So if I doubt it all, there is not the trust that I need, but what am I trusting in? I remember he tells me if I'm trusting in the ego, I have every reason to be concerned (laughs) and even lost. My trust is not in my ego and my limited self. I trust the Holy Spirit within me. And it is that which gives the gift to the Holy Spirit in my brother. It is love giving to love, God giving to God. My little self doesn't exist. It's not part of the equation. That's what I'm learning today. So I'm releasing doubt and I'm opening to trust. When I do, all things are possible. When I do what is already is my reality. Nothing actually changes. I'm opening to what is already there, the perfection of my soul and the perfection of my brother, the perfection of this world. That's what I open to today with all of you. 
we open together, we join hands, and we trust. And so it is. Amen. Thank you, Reverend Richa. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Amen. Thank you, Reverend Richa. This is Reverend Richa Joy, and this helps me so much because... When I'm, I'm realizing that when I um, get disheartened or anything that is not supreme joy, then I am not trusting in who I am. I'm misidentifying. It always, always comes down to misidentifying who I am. Because when I do that, I've lost everything. I've lost reality. He said, when you judge, your reality goes out the window. And so when I, when I sit here and judge anything... I'm lost. And so I am remembering, with the help of all of you and the help of this call and the help of staying mindful in each moment, that when I'm disheartened by perhaps the events of the world or my community uh, or whatever I see going on that is not loving, then I (laughs) I have misplaced my trust. And I have forgotten to open to what is real. That's why I reaffirm. He said, you know, you can't be uh, totally committed sometimes. <laughs> so, I'm, and, and he tells us to be vigilant for God and his kingdom. And, and that's what I am doing these days. I'm reaffirming in every moment that I feel disheartened, reaffirming for God, which is love. And, and the kingdom of love. That's what's real. Thank you so much. I'm complete. Thank you, Rachel Joy. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. I'll tell you what comes up for me in this reading. Um, uh, um, the idea, and especially it's appropriate because of the time of year that we're, we're in, but at the uh, uh, end of the third paragraph, who gives a gift and then remains with it to be sure that it's used as the giver deems appropriate? This is not giving, but imprisoning. And you know, I'm reminded of the idea from the Buddha that all suffering comes from attachment. And when I have an attachment, an expectation, that if I give this, I want it to be received like this. I want it, you know, oh, thank you so very much. I appreciate it. However, whatever I expect in return, then it's not unconditional giving. It's, it's bargaining, right? And so the idea of holding on to the thing that I'm trying to give away to, as he said, um, that it... Uh, uh, remains with him to be sure that the giver uh, used in a way the giver deems appropriate. Well, I need to just give and let go and not worry about how it's received. But, you know, a lot of times with Christmas, um, a lot of people give and they expect a certain something in, in return, and that can be very disappointing. And I, again, I keep getting that, that vision of the, of the little kid. You get the, you know, the, 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 and they're more interested in the wrapping and in the bow and in the, the ribbon than they are the, the, the gift that was given. Um, and how disappointing that is when somebody, somebody attaches um, a return. So I try not to um, give with expectation of receiving. 
and the idea that he reinforces it here, and I just love the way it's said, because such is not giving, but imprisoning. So I don't want to be imprisoned by my expectations. I like to be reminded that it's unconditional love and unconditional giving, and what I give is out there, and if they like it, fine, and if they don't, that's fine. I'm complete. Thank you. Um, this is Ida. Um, I actually did this. Uh, I just did this. It's like, uh, I think it's pretty funny in a way, but, well, okay, so um, I had sent my mother last month a book by a local author, I think the last name is Norquist, that mentions uh, things from A Course in Miracles and mentions other things. I haven't actually read the book, but she said it was hard, and then she said she liked it, and then after she fell down, and she still was doing slightly better, I guess, every day or whatever. She found some new pain, and she's now willing to go to the doctor and get x-rayed, so that, I guess that's good. But anyway, so I then my brother appropriated that book and started reading it, and after she fell down, he started reading it to her and like, saying good things about us. So I thought, gee, if Tony liked that, I bet he'd really like the actual Horse of Miracles, so... Uh, I know he doesn't really do Christmas and all that, so I didn't worry about gift wrap and all that, but I sent him uh, a copy of just a text, uh, um, I guess the least expensive copy copy that was new, maybe paperback or whatever, of, of that, and I just had on the receipt that was, uh, hi, brother, I hope you enjoy the gift, you know. And then I heard from mom yesterday that um, he... He took it and, like, put it in her room. He, you know, it's like he didn't accept it. Okay, he didn't actually, like, throw it in her room. But to me, it felt as if he threw it in her room. And now this is so perfect because I realized, I thought I had no expectation, but I realized by how I felt that I did have an expectation. Not that he would actually communicate verbally or written to me, but that he would feel inside, oh, wow, look, this is a miracle. Wow, this is going to save my life. And, wow, thank you, my older sister. Wow, that's great. And, and everything, of course, he didn't do that. So <laughs> he didn't want it. Uh, he must have felt like there was some expectation around it um, that, you know, she rejected. So I'm not going to blame anybody for that, but that's just what happened. So, so this is so perfect for me to see today. So um, thank you, everybody, for hearing me. I'm complete. Thank you, Ida. Thank you, Ida. Thank you, Ida. Thanks, Ida. Um, did you guys ever think about the gift that you had that keeps on giving? Go on, Rob. Yourself? The big-ass self? When you buy a computer, um, you, you didn't, I mean, the first time you bought a computer, you didn't know it came with all the updates. You know, everything that was going to happen to that computer while it was alive, if it was plugged into the Internet, was given when you bought the computer. Am, am I mixed up? Isn't that true? The minute you, uh, you buy a computer... And if you don't hook it to the Internet, you don't get the updates. But the moment you hook it to the Internet and it recognizes itself 
manufacturer recognizes that its baby, I don't know, its, it's, um, its product has entered the scene, then the product is automatically updated. Every time there's a chance, like at a, at a juncture when you turn it off or on, then you get an automatic update. And, uh, you know, if, if any of you don't understand, ask me uh, about what I'm saying. When, uh, when you picked up A Course in Miracles the first time, put the money down or it was given to you as a gift, you got all the automatic updates. Let's say that one of you right now only has the FIP version, but you always got the automatic updates. Oh, oh, wait, I forgot. I, I got mixed up. If you plug into the internet, my organization pays for all the automatic updates and cannot charge you anything. Because that's what you got when you got the first book. Like, um, well, let's say your computer, um, the one you were just reading from, um, it, 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 it lists the four obstacles to peace. But the update tells you the fifth obstacle. And you know Jesus works in fives. Uh, well, at least I've told you that in the Gospel of, uh, of the Gnostic Gospels that he, he mentions the fact that he is the realm, that she is the realm of the five, the realm of the one. So uh, if, you're, if you're missing, you know, the updates, they're all carried right there in the Northwest Foundation. So you can, you can update any time you want. I'm complete. Thank you, Rob. Thank you, Rob. Thank you. I got kind of lost there, my friend, it, uh, um, but the, I guess it came together. The uh, uh, What I got from, from what you were sharing, Rob, was the uh, idea that, uh, and I don't know about the worldly thing with your foundation because I don't know that, but uh, but I did like the idea that, that when I plug into source, um, uh, the computer, when it plugs into the internet, the internet, the manufacturer recognizes, hey, wait a minute, that's my creation, and here's the updates. I think the Holy Spirit, God, would do the same thing when we get quiet, when we get in touch with, with, uh, with God and the Holy Spirit, that we are in touch with the manufacturer, and that we get these spiritual, mental, emotional updates. And I kind of like it from from that standpoint. Uh, again, the the idea that when I'm open and receptive and plugged in, spirit can work with me that way. Uh, when I'm busy in the world and I'm all tied up with what's going on and the, the 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 busyness and the chaos and the questioning and all that kind of stuff of the world, then I'm not in touch with Source and and uh, I'm I'm riding on the ego and not the Holy Spirit. And so the idea of of, of checking in, plugging in, uh, I kind of liked the example uh, from that point standpoint. So I thank you for that part of it, uh, Rob. Um, the other thing that I wanted to, and this will be the last thing, but uh, this to me is one of the most important things that we have about A Course in Miracles, 
is this idea, uh, second line there, where it says, it is impossible to let illusions be brought to truth and keep the illusions. The thing that differentiates Course in Miracles from other spiritual teachings for me is there's a lot of spiritual teachings that will tell you, oh, well, bathe them in the light of God, bathe them, share them with the love of God. Okay, the Course says, bring your insane illusion to the light and see if it has any credibility. And so the idea that, again, the Course is telling us whatever you think is out there and threatening, bring it to the altar. And if it stays on the altar, fine. Okay, deal with it. But you bring that that negative, imagined, made-up thing that we have to the altar, and the light of God dissipates it. So we don't go looking to bring the light of God to the problem. We bring the problem to the light of God. And because... Uh, there is no truth to the problem it disappears in the light of God and when we are the light of the world it works in the, in the same fashion so that's the other thing about this this section that was so profound for me so thank you completely um, thank you Stephen Stephen uh, I, I I was trying to uh, I probably didn't bring it across right I get down uh, I was trying to um, Compare buying and reading the book, buying the printed page, not listening to it on the Internet on the first time. When you bought the book and you got together with somebody and you read the book, you could have the constant update to the book because the Northwest Foundation well, it's like the 12th saying of the Gospel of Thomas. We know that you will not be with us all the time. Who shall we take our troubles to then? You shall take them to James the Just. And, um, you know, that's probably a reference to the King James Version, and that's way back in time. And now when you buy a book, you get automatic updates. I pay for the updates. A group of people have gotten together, and they pay for the updates. And the updates are always available to you um, by plugging into the book on the Internet. In other words, you know, where the author is reading the book on the Internet. And that, I don't believe that happens except with the Northwest Foundation. That's what I was talking about. And they're free. You can you can get the updates anytime. I'm complete. Thanks, Rob. Um, it's Chris. I know we have another reading to do, but I think everyone's answered my question. But because I'm a little bit of a slow learner, I want to make sure I get this. Paragraph two. It says it's not up to me or him to judge when his gift should be accepted, and let him be certain that it has been received and trust will be accepted when it's recognized and as a blessing and not a curse. So this is what we talked about yesterday, that when I'm aware of a physical ailment and I offer it up as, oh, my God, I can't believe. And Anna, help me if I, get, if I get this right, as gratitude for everything that comes my way to see it for the truth that it really is, and that I say that I no longer need it or recognize it as something that's not for me, I don't know if I can explain this right, then the letting go of it has already happened and I have to stop judging even though I'm still feeling physical ailments that it's not up to me to decide when that's going to let go. Do I have that right? I'm complete. 
I think so. Hey, Chris, it's Lee, and that's pretty much how it feels to me. Um, my eye rests on um, the third and fourth <clears throat> sentence in paragraph four. And if I can remember, healing happens anytime the Holy Spirit in my mind is open to the Holy Spirit in the mind of a healer then I can release my concern about the timetable and know that that's the sharing that has happened in the healing and uh, that the healing will unfold in God's good time. But I really like that third and fourth sentence of that fourth paragraph. I'm complete. Thank you. Thank you, Lee. Thank you, Lee. Thank you, Lee. Thank you, everyone. Um, All right, Fran, what do you say? Um, would you please read one um, from seven? Yeah. Seven. Should healing be repeated? One. This question really answers itself. Healing cannot be repeated. If the patient is healed, what remains to heal can come. And if the healing is certain, as we have already said it is, what is there to repeat? For a teacher of God to remain concerned about the result of healing is to limit healing. It is now the teacher of God himself whose mind needs to be healed, and it is this he must facilitate. He is now the patient, and he must so regard himself. He has made a mistake and must be willing to change his mind about it. He lacked the trust that makes for giving truly, and so he has not received the benefit of his gift. Well, that answers my question, doesn't it? <laughs> Thank totally. You. Yeah, no, that's perfect. <laughs> Stephen, uh, one and two, please. This question really answers itself. Healing cannot be repeated. If the patient is healed, what remains to heal him from? And if healing is certain, as we have already said it is, what is there to repeat? For a teacher of God to remain concerned about the result of healing is to limit the healing. It is now it, it is now the teacher of God himself whose mind needs to be healed, and it is this that must he must facilitate. He is now the patient and, and must so regard himself. He has made a mistake and must be willing to change his mind about it. He lacked the trust that makes forgiving truly, and so he has not received the benefit of his gift. Two, whenever a teacher of God has tried to be a channel for healing, he has succeeded. Should he be tempted to doubt this, he should not repeat his previous effort. That was already maximal because the Holy Spirit so accepted it and so used it. Now the teacher of God has only one course to follow. He must use his reason to tell himself that he has given the problem to the one who cannot fail and recognize that his own uncertainty is not love but fear and therefore hate. His position has thus become untenable, for he is offered hate to one to whom he offered love, 
is impossible. Having offered love, only love can be received. Thank you, Stephen. Mary, two and three, please. Whenever a teacher of God has tried to be a channel for healing, he has succeeded. Should he be tempted to doubt this, he should not repeat his previous effort. That was already maximal because the Holy Spirit so accepted it and so used it. Now the teacher of God has only one course to follow. He must use his reason to tell himself that he has given the problem to one who cannot fail and recognize that his own uncertainty is not love but fear and therefore hate. His position has thus become untenable, for he is offering hate to whom whom he offered love. This is impossible. Having offered love, only love can be received. Three, it is in this that the teacher of God trust. This is what is really meant by the statement that the one responsibility of the miracle worker is to accept the atonement for himself. The teacher of God is a miracle worker because he does the gifts he has received. He must first accept them. He need do no more, nor is there more that he could do. By accepting healing, he can give it. If he doubts this, let him remember who gave the gift and who received it. Thus is his doubt corrected. He thought the gifts of God could be withdrawn. That was a mistake, but hardly one to stay with. And so the teacher of God can only recognize it for what it is and let it be corrected for him. Thank you, Mary. Reverend Rita, three and four, please. Okay, three. It is in this that the teacher of God must trust. This is what is really meant by the statement that the one responsibility of the miracle worker is to accept the atonement for himself. The teacher of God is a miracle worker because he gives the gifts he has received. Yet he must first accept them. He need do no more, nor is there more that he could do. By accepting healing, he can give it. If he doubts this, let him remember who gave the gift and who received it. Thus is his doubt corrected. He thought the gifts of God could be withdrawn. That was a mistake, but hardly one to stay with. And so the teacher of God can only recognize it for what it is and let it be corrected for him. Number four, one of the most difficult temptations to recognize is that to doubt a healing because of the appearance of continuing symptoms is a mistake in the form of lack of trust. As such, it is an attack. 
Usually, it seems to be just the opposite. It does appear unreasonable at first to be told that continued concern is attack. It has all the appearances of love. Yet love without trust is impossible. And doubt and trust cannot coexist. And hate must be the opposite of love, regardless of the form it takes. Doubt not the gift. And it is impossible to doubt its results. This is the certainty that gives God's teachers the power to be miracle workers, for they have put their trust in Him. Thank you, Reverend Rita. Lee, four and five, please. One of them. No, I'll have to pass. Thank you. All right. So do we have some new readers, please, that would like to read four or five? All right, Bryce, you're up. Four and five, please. Let's see if Bryce is still here. I think so. All right, um, Ida, four and five. Okay, four. One of the most difficult temptations to recognize is that to doubt the healing because of the appearance of continuing symptoms is a mistake in the form of lack of trust. As such, it is an attack. Usually it seems to be just the opposite. It does appear unreasonable at first to be told that continued concern is attack. It has all the appearances of love. Yet love without trust is, is impossible. And doubt and trust cannot coexist. And hate must be the opposite of love, regardless of the form it takes. Doubt not the gift, and it is impossible to doubt its results. This is the certainty that gives God's teachers the power to be miracle workers, for they have put their trust in him. But the real basis for doubt about the outcome of any problem that has been given to God's teacher for resolution is always self-doubt. <clears throat> and that necessarily implies that trust has been placed in an illusory self, where only such a self can be doubted. This illusion can take many forms. Perhaps there is a fear, a weakness, and vulnerability. Perhaps there is a fear of failure, and shame associated with a sense of inadequacy. Perhaps there is a guilty embarrassment stemming from false humility. The form of the mistake is not important. What is important is only the recognition of a mistake as a mistake. Thank you, Ida. Fran, five and six, please. Five. The real basis for doubt about the outcome of any problem that has been given to God's teacher for resolution is always self-doubt. And that necessarily implies that trust has been placed in an illusory self, for only such a self can be doubted. This illusion can take many forms. Perhaps there is a fear of weakness and vulnerability. Perhaps there is a fear of failure and shame associated with the sense of inadequacy. Perhaps there is a guilty embarrassment stemming from false humility. The form of the mistake is not important. What is important is only the recognition of a mistake as a mistake. Six, the mistake is always some form of concern with the self 
to the exclusion of the patient. It is a failure to recognize him as part of the self and thus represents a confusion in identity. Conflict about what you are has entered your mind and you have become deceived about yourself. And you are deceived about yourself because you have denied the source of your creation. If you are offering only healing, you cannot doubt. If you really want the problem solved, you cannot doubt. If you are certain what the problem is, you cannot doubt. Doubt is the result of conflicting wishes. Be sure of what you want, and doubt becomes impossible. Whoops. Thank you, Fran. And Stephen, are you on mute? Oh, yes, I didn't hear you. Uh, oh, sorry. Yeah. Uh, six That's all right. Um, paragraph six. The mistake is always some form of concern with the self to the exclusion of the patient. It is a failure to recognize him as part of the self and thus re- retains the confusion in identity. Conflict about what you are has entered your mind, and you have become deceived about yourself. You are deceived about yourself because you have denied the source of your creation. If you are suffering only, if you are suffering only healing, you cannot doubt. If you are offering only healing, you cannot doubt. If you really want the problem solved, you cannot doubt. If you are certain what the problem is, you cannot doubt. Doubt is the result of conflicting wishes. Be sure of what you want, and doubt becomes impossible. Thank you, Stephen. All right, Reverend Regia, how about another one to open the floor? <laughs> okay. We'll, uh, we'll draw within and join one another in prayer. Because we have come together to learn and deeply remember about healing. It's a huge, important part of our being here. We are here to heal the separation and not to continue it. We are here to heal all forms of separation. When I know that I am one with my one self and one with my creator, that is where the healing is. And I know and I am learning that all things come to me as I have asked. And so my healing is to open to this truth. Whatever there is, it comes to me as I have asked. And so I step back. I join with the Holy Spirit within. Let me see this with the eyes of Christ. He tells us, I will look with the eyes of love and this will disappear. I will forgive. And it is not there. I know that my true self is your son perfect and eternal I release anything and everything but this this is the healing I join with what is true in myself and in my brother 
and there is healing. That's all I need to do. Now I realize that when I doubt, when there's the tiniest bit of doubt or mistrust, it's okay. He said, it's, it's just a mistake. I can give it up and give it over. I can forgive, which means to see what is real. I thought I was separate. I thought I could be hurt. It is not so. I am one with my brother and with my father. And that's the reality. Thank you. Thank you for being there. Thank you for being the truth. Thank you for your infinite patience. I keep coming back. And you are there. Thank you. Amen. Thank you. That was beautiful, Reverend Amen. Thank you. Amen. Thank you, Reverend Asia. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. That was beautiful. Thank you. Thanks so much. This is Reverend Richard Joy. I I look into my own experience uh, of, uh, you know, when things, well, when I'm sick or hurt myself. And I see that I take responsibility. Uh, I see that I, I know that all things come to me as I have asked. And when I do that, it's so powerful. It's, there's not guilt. I, I don't feel guilt when I do that. I just acknowledge all things come to me as I have asked. And, and the curiosity. And my husband does the same thing. He goes, why, why would I do that? <laughs> and uh, there's, there's uh, you know, the ego is, uh, there's no understanding the limited self there's it does it can't be understood it's insane so all i can do is choose to forgive which is to see with christ that's it that's it and uh the healing is there thank you i'm complete thank you thank you thank you well i think he makes it real clear here doesn't he that that if we if if we do the, the the prayer for healing and we and we know that we've done the things that we're supposed to do from a healing standpoint, can we let it go and not be deceived by the uh, appearance of ongoing um, circumstances or conditions? You know, the the last couple of lines uh, of this reading, I really like the way this. I like this style of uh, of writing. If you're offering only healing, you cannot doubt. If you really want the problem solved, you cannot doubt. If you are certain what the problem is, you cannot doubt. Doubt is the result of conflicting wishes. Be sure of what you want, and doubt becomes impossible. So if I'm experiencing doubt, then there's, there's something going on within me, and that's what it's saying, that I, it has to correct within me. And one of the things that's popping into my mind is remembering with this course, um, if all our if all our problems really stem from our thinking, we need to remember that uh, that that healing is 
not curing, and that uh, sickness is not illness. We're about healing the mind, and when we heal the mind, then quite often there is a, a physical response that the symptoms appear to be cured, and there is a you know change of physiological change. But the idea of healing the mind doesn't necessarily mean that the body is 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 cured. Um, I know of people that um, have terminal illnesses, and yet they are at a place of peace and acceptance and understanding. Their mind is healed. The body will be laid down, and for them, quickly or relatively soon. So to pray for a miraculous healing, you know, that they will get up and walk and that kind of thing, um, that's calling for a physical demonstration. Again, we're supposed to be healing the mind, right? And healing the doubt, healing the worry, healing all the, the, the negative thoughts that uh, that are there. So I'm real fond of saying, you know, in this earthly experience, nobody gets out alive. Nobody gets out alive from our worldly experience here because that's the body's part of the world. But we will you know, transcend the world and return, you know, to the to the mind of God, which is where we've never left. But the body will still um, be here because it doesn't come with us back to heaven. So that idea again of of if if the healing has if if the prayer for healing has taken place, that uh, we don't have to continually um, repeat it. Now, the ongoing thought would would be, again, not to, again, ask that it be healed, ask that it be healed, but to recognize, wait, the healing has taken place. It will manifest. It's on its way. It's that, the demonstration, the peace, the whatever. But, uh, but the prayer is for um, trusting and accepting that it's done, not to do it again. I hope that makes sense. So, complete. Thank you. Thank you, yes. Stephen. Thank you, Stephen. Uh, thanks, Stephen. Thank you, Stephen. This is Lee. There's um, something really significant that stands out for me in paragraph three. Um, it's possible that about that fourth sentence in reading that the teacher of God is a miracle worker because he gives the gifts he's received. It's possible to read that as though I feel inadequate as a miracle worker if I can't measure the gifts I've received, or if I feel, in other words, well, when I receive the gifts, quite honestly, then I'll be able to give in measure that I've received. But he frames this as an action quite differently. When my desire to heal another activates my ability to be a conduit, then I'm present for something that happens quite beyond myself, quite beyond what I consider the measure of what I've learned or what I've received. If we look at the sentence, a couple of sentences later, that says, by accepting healing, he can give it. If he doubts this, let him remember who gave the gift and who received it. To my mind, that's a reference back up to those two sentences in paragraph four above, that healing is the change of mind the Holy Spirit and the patient's mind is seeking, 
and that the Holy Spirit in the mind of the giver gives. So it's the Holy Spirit in my mind that is responding to the request for truth and the healing that comes for truth in the mind of the patient. If I remember who gave the gift and who received it, then I recognize I can't foul that up. That gift is given when I wish to be that conduit for the truth from my mind to be welcomed by the Holy Spirit in the mind of the receiver. When the Holy Spirit in my mind responds to the request in the mind of the, of the receiver. That's who gave the gift and that's who, and who received it. Here's the twist that is um, um, outside of, of what I understood for a long time. It's in recognizing that that's what I've been present for, that I share in that gift. That's how I receive the gift. It's by trusting that that wish of mine to be that conduit grants me the gift that I've been capable of giving by that wish. And I receive what I've given. That's how it's so. That I can't receive the gift unless I trust that the giving and receiving of the gift is done by the Holy Spirit in my mind and in the mind of the patient. So it kind of works outside of my notion of how something is given as though I must consciously have it before I could give it or that it's given from me to the other and there's a one-way kind of transference. My presence for that action gifts me equally with the patient and that's why it's so important that he go on and talk about how my lack of trust can not foul up the process, but foul up my receipt of the gift. I'm complete. Thank you. Thank you, Lee. Thank you, Lee. Thanks, Lee. Thank you. Um, Mary, you'll appreciate this. Paula, if you're listening, you will too. One of the joys or fun, silly things about being raised Catholic um, is you get to be named by all these um, figures in the dream. Um, I My real name is Mary Christine. Um, try to live up to those two. <laughs> but my favorite brother, um, Stanley Thomas, um, the doubting saint, um, which why my whole life I was told I had no faith, makes all the sense. But the funniest and most silly joyous experiences that on my in front of my sink where I go to get water all day long is this quote the secret of salvation is but this that you are doing this to yourself and here's my inner leaf for anyone who wants that it's chapter 27 paragraph 86 that the conflict about what I have hastened in my mind is the confusion of my own identity I've done this all to myself and the more that I'm aware of it, and the more that you help me understand that, I can let it go. And I'm just so grateful. I'm complete. Wow. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Chris.
Wait, I had a question about what you said right before Chris and the, like the last sentence um, or first part of it. Well, I guess I should write my question down from now on because I forgot it. So, <laughs> oh, thank you. I'm complete. Here's the question, Lee. Um, why would we do this to ourselves? It makes no sense. I'm complete. We don't know we are, right? I, I mean, I don't mean to put you on the spot, but seriously, after studying this you know, so intensely for the last couple of years, why would I doubt anything? It really baffles my mind. I'm complete. Chris, this is friend. I say that to myself all the time. But then I realize that my physical senses tell me something else other than the truth. So I get caught in the middle. And the heart, I, I try to forgive myself for that. Uh, I ask myself that all the time. And I really, I get, I get a stomach pain and it makes me think the truth is in trouble. Lee. <laughs> <laughs> well, all I know for sure is the Course describes that there's a part of my mind that entertained um, what it thought were gifts that the ego's thought system could offer. That there came a moment when the mind forgot its access to clarity and in the absence of clarity arose the ego's thought system. And part of the ego's thought system in the Course's description of the uh, motivations for ego, part of the ego's thought system was that it seemed to offer me a specialness and a separation, an ability to be my own author and to author reality for myself. Um, and so I, um, having lost clarity, not only did I make do with all that was left to me in the absence of clarity, which was the ego thought system by which to direct me through this world. But having made, uh, in a sense, my peace with that loss of the truth, there also came what I felt like were sufficient benefits to uh, separating from the truth in terms of um, authoring reality for myself and the like that uh, it's only at the end of exploring this, um, this fantasy version of things authored by the ego that I'm sufficiently ready to open to the possibility that there's the memory of something greater within my mind. And that begins the invitation to the Holy Spirit for the correction that leads me out of the ego's thought system and back to a thought system that accords with what's so, that accords with actuality, the actuality of my being, and in light of that, the actuality of everything. In the end, the, uh, the exploration of the ego's thought system was only ever an exploration of a fantasy realm where the meaning of everything was overwritten uh, by the ego and what it directed me to believe. When he says nothing happened as a consequence of that, 
to me, that's because reality, as it is, is always available for me to return to. And there is a significant experience of reality available to each of us that reverses all of the effects of what we had suffered by as a result of the ego's thought system and beliefs. That's the sense in which God will wipe away all tears. At the point that I remember what I forgot, that memory wipes away all tears and is the restoration of what God wishes that I come to know about my being. I'm complete. Thank you so much. Thank you. I have something, an answer, well, possible answer. Um, but, you know, oh, so why do I, you know, so now after, yeah, I mean, I've asked myself that question in many forms after everything I did, everything I experienced, everything I studied, yada, yada, yada. Um, um, well, I need to remember that all minds are joined. So perhaps if the actual reality were separation, I would be fine now. But, well, if you know the idea of the Bodhisattva in Buddhism, or I won't like ascend to enlightenment until everybody is ready to ascend with me. Well, I feel like that's kind of it. And I feel like since all minds are joined, like I said, if, if the truth were separation, maybe I'd be like fine, quote unquote. But since it's not, and since the power that glues us together is love, I, in loving kindness, I take on what would have been my brother's, quote-unquote, my brother's issues or my brother's problems, and I feel them as my own. I realize I've pretty much done that all my life. Only I thought that was a big problem before, and I took it upside down. So it made me want to blame them and, and try to separate from them some more so I, the, the big I, would not be, you know, affected like that. But now, you know, that was my ego. And now I'm gradually, like, changing my mind that I realize that is the case. So, Chris, well, I really thank you for your question because perhaps it's the first time in my life that I've been able to lay this out and elucidate this clearly, as clearly as I just did, in any case, to myself and to whoever is listening. And that, you know, I'm just going to leave it with that for now. Thank you, thank you, thank you, everybody. Playing this game, this heart game and mind game, mind as not the brain, mind the mind. When I say it's a game, I'm not trying to make it be inconsequential. But I think it helps me lighten up a little bit. Thank you. I'm complete. Thanks, Ida. Thanks, Ida. This is Fran. That last um, 
paragraph where he says, um, you know, to um, think about what you want reminded me of um, the lesson that we had last week. Uh, it was 3.39, and I highlighted this line, and this line stayed in my brain for days. And it's, let us resolve today to ask for what we really want, and only this, that we may spend this day in fearlessness without confusing pain with joy or fear with love. I just love that line. Um, my daughter and I, we go to this uh, jazz club every now and then on uh, in D.C., and we were there, and we were watching this jazz trumpet player, and the whole time he's playing, that sentence is going in my mind the whole time. And I'm thinking to myself, how can I be sitting in the middle of this and have this sentence? And I realized because I really wanted to ask for what I wanted. I want the peace of God more than anything. That, this section reminds me of that. I'm complete. Thank you, Fran. Thank you, I join you in wanting that peace of God. And um, Ida, thank you so much for your share. When you were talking about the I part of withholding yourself and excluding yourself from others, you know, as a queen and a professional, passive, aggressive, <laughs> human delegator, when you said that, it made me so aware that I have created every experience in my life more so than I've ever thought before. And, um, boy, the next time I, I find myself getting angry, I'm going to remember your voice and remember that I'm doing this to myself. I'm so grateful for you all. I know, I'm sure, listen, maybe we should go a couple more minutes because this was a, a double reading today. Um, I'm complete. Just thank want to you, thank Chris. Fran. It was a great share, Fran. Thank you. Thank you. I just wanted to take a second, too, and thank Rob if he's still on the phone because Rob did give me uh, the, the, uh, um, the current copy the original copy of the uh, of the course because all I had was the FIP version, and since uh, since I'm in the same physical area that he's in, um, he gave me uh, a copy of the book, and so I think he was was suggesting that if anyone doesn't have the copy, the original copy, that uh, that he or the foundation will provide you with one if you're interested. But uh, but that's how I got mine. It's so much easier to follow you guys. What's going on? Instead of trying to catch up and number of the paragraphs in my you know, in my FIP version of Vogel Blah. So I just wanted to to uh, uh, to make that statement of gratitude. And then also, if you're interested, if you don't have a copy of the original and you want one, uh, he can help provide one. So. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, yeah, that's that's true. Um, oh, yeah. Here, here's here's what um, you know how you all have had your own experiences um, of 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 the course. What you read and then what you experience in the course. Then you're out somewhere. You're in the milieu of the world, and you're you're doing and being. And what happened to me was, see, as as a lot of you have suggested, um, that um, I, 
everyone causes their own instructional upgrade as you go along. You find the things that are appropriate to you. And, and I, I have the power to bring anyone out of uh, physical illness. I have done that over and over and over and over again. Now, the ones that, that don't believe it, of course, then they, they don't come out. But the ones who believe it come out. So I, I've decided that it's a, it's a mental joining as well as a physical, you know, upgrade. And I've, I've been doing this so long. I've been thinking about it so long and listening to the great doctors. And so I, I have something here from Raj uh, about, you know, a person asking about his healing. I mean, Jesus on the Internet as Raj. Uh, so uh, I, and it, it's blown up big enough on my computer that um, I, I could read it to you if you want it. I can read that. If anybody would want it. Uh, Raj, uh, this is uh, Raj. <laughs> Rob, Bob, Rob, Bob. Um, <laughs> this is Rob. Do I know who I am? <laughs> no, <laughs> Rob, Rob, Rob. <laughs> That's so funny. I wanted to ask, how long is it? Is it? Oh, it's just uh, it's about three paragraphs. Three yeah. paragraphs. Uh, it's about a person asking what to do for their healing and what he told them to do. Oh, okay. Three paragraphs is rather um, well. I'm, I'm whatever. Well, I, I can do it on the I after call, or, or anybody that wants to hear it. They, uh, if they give me their email, I'll send it to them. Okay. Uh, I gotta longer. go. I gotta Take go rescue. I gotta rescue my wife. She's she's in a. Um, She's in the thing that corrects her back, and, I, and then I'll come back to you all. I'm sorry. I guess maybe we'll do that in the after call. Yeah. Uh, okay. So two things. One, I'm going to turn this over to Reverend Rija. Uh, then we can get on, the, if anyone wants to hear Rob's uh, reading from Raj on the after call. And then lastly, if anyone does not have a copy of the original edition, please send me um, an email. Um, if you don't have it, I'm more than happy to get you one. I, I can't imagine anyone doesn't have a copy um, for whatever reason. Uh, Reverend Rita. Thanks, Chris. And I want to mention also that um, our office gets books returned because they're a little bit dented, tiny bit, and we can't resell them. So we have, sometimes we have those books available, and I can check with Karen in our office to see and uh, I guess if uh, I guess she's willing to pay postage I'm not sure we have done that in the past where we actually um, also pay the postage to send it to someone but uh, we'll see I'll let you know if we have any of those books okay okay <laughs> okay so we'll uh, we'll just close our time together by closing our eyes. And we feel the connection. We always feel that connection as we close our eyes and draw within. That connection is always there. Today, 
I pray to know about healing. I want to know if the healing the teacher of God extends to his brother is for sure and if it can be repeated. And now I am learning from Elder Brother that even though, quote, healing is always certain, unquote, it will not come if it is perceived as a threat to the person's thought system. And yet, quote, the instant it is welcome, it is there, unquote. And I believe that's so for me as well as anyone, any one of my brothers. The instant it is welcome, it is there. If I have offered healing and it doesn't appear to have been received, I'm told today that I should not feel disappointed for this places a limit on the giving. Quote, it is not up to him to judge when his gift should be accepted. Let him be certain it has been received and trust that it will be accepted when it is recognized as a blessing, not a curse. No one can give if he is concerned with the result of the giving. Trust is an essential part of giving. In fact, it is the part that makes sharing possible, unquote. Yet, what if I don't have trust? What if I doubt myself because I'm identifying with my ego? What if I, what if I fear that what is so is that I am weak, I am vulnerable, and I'm a failure? And now I think perhaps that maybe the healing has to be repeated? <laughs> and he tells me, this doubt that you have places another limit on healing. Quote, for a teacher of God to remain concerned about the result of healing is to limit the healing. He is now the patient. Unquote. <laughs> wow. To doubt is to lack trust. And it is an attack. Quote, yet love without trust is impossible. And doubt and trust cannot coexist. I must remember that all doubt, all doubt, is self-doubt. It was not my limited, tiny self that offered the healing. When I doubt, I am more concerned for my little self than the patient. To doubt is to be uncertain of my identity as one with my source and one with my brother. Now I am indeed the patient. He tells me that when the teacher of God has doubt, there is only one course to follow instead of doubting. Quote, he must use his reason to tell himself that he has given the problem to one who cannot fail and recognize that his own uncertainty is not love but fear and therefore hate. Unquote. So I must use my reason to tell myself that I have truly given the problem to one who cannot fail, not to my ego. I gave it to one who cannot fail. I must remember, quote, having offered love, only love can be received, unquote. So we pray, Father, Mother, God, let me always remember that it is only love that gives to love. And this is always received. 
It is not my tiny self that offers healing, but the one self I share with my brothers and with you, my source. I hear you guide me today with tenderness and infinite patience and love. Quote, the teacher of God is a miracle worker because he gives the gifts he has received. Yet he must first accept them. If he doubts this, let him remember who gave the gift and who received it. Unquote. Please, Father, Mother, God, let me remember always that quote, healing is the change of mind that the Holy Spirit in the patient's mind is seeking for him and it is the Holy Spirit in the mind of the giver who gives the gift to him given by God to God who in this holy exchange can receive less than everything unquote. and so it is Amen Amen. Amen. Thank you. Amen. Very much. Thank you, Thank you. Josh. You're beautiful. Mm-hmm. I love the way you always say, and so it is. I always look forward to that. Thank you. <laughs> I do. <laughs> I just realized that today. I, it's like setting it, and, you know, and so it is. It's Thank beautiful. You. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you.